The first formal Crime Stoppers chapter started in Albuquerque 40 years ago. And since then, Crime Stoppers has been responsible for more than half a million arrests nationwide. Michael Mills is the board president of the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers program. And he joins Denver DA Mitch Morrissey on this edition of Dialogue Denver DA. I'm Tamara Banks. Welcome back to Dialogue Denver DA. Today we are so lucky to have Michael Mills, the board president of uh, Crime Stoppers. Thanks so much for being with us. Tamara, thank you for having me. Mitch, And Mitch, for me. always great to see you. Good to see you, Tamara. Thanks. It's great to have Mike here. <laughs> right, absolutely. So, Mike, what is the, the mission? Um, a lot of people kind of know what you do, but what is really the mission, the focus of Crime Stoppers? The mission of Metro Denver Crime Stoppers is to assist law enforcement and the community in receiving tips anonymously and paying awards to help solve crimes. And those tips, those are anonymous tips, you Always say. anonymous, exactly How right. How can you ensure that they're anonymous? Well, we have many safeguards. Through the, if they call on the phone, then they, they receive a tip name and a code and a tip name and that's how they communicate whether it's through email or text it's the same way so they come in it's scrambled and then we get um, the information we're not able to correspond back to them we ask them to correspond back to us and have the dialogue about a tip being a good tip an award being awarded and where to pick up their tip once an arrest has been made so clearly police and law enforcement can't be around everywhere all the time. Talk about how important it is to have those those tips available. Well, with all of our organizations that we work with, which is over 35 jurisdictions in the Metro Denver area, they have such an immense workload that to have the community's assistance in solving crime has become a val an invaluable tool over the last 35 years that Metro Denver Crime Stoppers has been in existence. Mitch, I can only imagine how helpful it is to have Crime Stoppers as part of your team. Well, obviously, I mean, and, and, and they dovetail in. Now, obviously, Crime Stoppers has been around a long time, but if you think about how technology has changed throughout our society, throughout our community, when it comes to things like surveillance cameras and video and all those kinds of things that really didn't exist all that much when I started 32 years ago, now is, is very prevalent. And so the idea that we can take a image of someone and give it to Crime Stoppers, tell the story, sometimes horrendous story, sometimes this is the murderer, this is the person that, you know, send it out there, do you recognize this person? You know, great partners with the media, they get that message out. You know, Mike's done a phenomenal job building a website that, that helps get that message out. And sometimes, in less than minutes, we're getting calls from people that know who that person is, know who that person that stuck up that bank was, know that person that got caught at the ATM camera that's, you know, committed a horrendous crime, robbed an elderly woman in a, in a say, a grocery store parking lot, all of those kinds of things. And what's critical about us being able to prove a case and us being able to take somebody off the streets is 
being able to identify them, know who they are, go and get them, then build the case around that. Uh, and Crime Stoppers just plays a huge role in it. And what it, Crime Stoppers really does, <laughs> it allows people that know, and sometimes they're not always the nicest people that know the bad guys and what the bad guys did. Sometimes it's family members that don't want to say, hey, I outed my son, but I don't want my son killed in a bank robbery, and he's out there pulling robberies. You know, those kinds of things allow somebody that knows and sometimes cares about the bad person, the person committing the crime, to get them in a position where they might end up getting some help, they might not necessarily end up going to prison depending on what the situation is and I think that a lot of families are stuck there and Crime Stoppers through being anonymous allows them to really take somebody that's out of control out of harm's way and I don't think people think about it that way but that's what works and it works well for us. Right, mm -hmm. saving lots of people. And may I interject also crime prevention. Mm -hmm. We'll get tips before something might happen. Huh. Uh, also in schools, right. we heard about, we've solved some cases before they've happened, so mm -hmm. it never gets to the press. Right. People, uh, people hear something and, and rather than wait till... Don't know who they, to call, mm -hmm. find out about Crime Stoppers and said, this is a friend of mine, but they need to be stopped. Mm -hmm. They're bringing a gun to school they're bringing a, They're showing they're off with a knife. Yeah. Wow. And it allows them then to stay anonymous. It allows them to do the right thing. Uh, some of them do it for their reward. We know that. Mm -hmm. And that's why we raise the money to make sure we have the money to pay those rewards. But uh, there are some cases out there that really the difference that Crime Stoppers made, it, it's phenomenal. And the prevention side of it, obviously, is extremely important. Right. So, Mike, you talked about partnering with the DA's office and the media. What are some other agencies that you partner with? Well, all law enforcement, whether it be the sheriff's departments, the police departments, from Lakewood to Aurora to Jefferson County to Arapahoe County to Adams County to the CBI to Safe Streets, mm -hmm. you pretty much name it, uh, from small uh, law enforcement agencies, Edgewater, uh, Centennial, which isn't so small now, but they don't have the same number of crimes that other jurisdictions might have, mm -hmm. but were equally as important to the detectives and to the agencies. And um, over the, the last 35 years, it was really, a, for the last 20 years, it really a Denver organization and Arapahoe County and Aurora, they were skeptical. So we were Denver Crime Stoppers. And so we've expanded and really some of the cases that we get, they're multi-jurisdictional. So, just because they did a crime in Denver doesn't mean they're not going to Aurora, Arapahoe right. County, and out of state as well. And uh, we pay on awards out of state as well. We recently added to the board uh, individuals from the state that investigate animal abuse. Oh. And so those things that people don't think go on in the metropolitan area, like cockfighting and dog fights, dog fight. those kinds of things, abuse of horses, animals that we don't see a lot of horses in Denver. But, you know, in the metropolitan area, somebody's not feeding their horses, not taking care of it. If there's, if there's dog fighting going on for money, that gambling, you know, so when he talks about the different agencies involved, you know, the one thing about Mike, he's included such a wide range of people that have that information. Um, 
not only that, but also federal agencies, federal agencies that have come in when they're trying to do large takedowns of wanted people or people that are abusing children, human trafficking, human trafficking across the states, that kind of thing. So, you know, Crime Stoppers is 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 very welcoming when it comes to law enforcement agencies that need assistance. Well, one of the ways that people really know about Crime Stoppers is because some of those crimes are publicized. How do you determine which one? you share with the media, the broadcast media in particular, to get that, that word out? We are just the conduit for law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So all crime alerts that have Crime Stoppers listed on a crime alert is done by the detective or the PIO or the chief or the sheriff. So we allow them to use our name however they need to to get the information out. Mm -hmm. And so we don't say, oh, we're not paying on that one. If they feel that we're a worthy tool, then we're there and uh, we'll assist them however. In some cases you'll hear the special awards, whether it's a Darren Williams $100,000 for the Denver Broncos player, or for other cases, Jessica Ridgeway, for example. That was multi-jurisdictional, everybody was involved, and people came out from as far away as Montana donating money to a special award. Wow, that's pretty huge. Yeah. So we know that Crime Stoppers was formed 40 years ago mm -hmm. in Albuquerque. When did Denver Crime Stoppers Denver begin? Denver was, was established in, two, in 1981. So we're celebrating our 35th anniversary coming up. We're going to be holding a 35th anniversary gala at the mayor's residence at Cable Land on September 9th. So we'll get you more information on that. <laughs> Great. And this is the first time that we've really celebrated the success of the organization, mm -hmm. and uh, this is going to be a fun, fun event. Uh, you know, when I joined the board, and Mike will tell you that in the last couple of years I've been kind of not as active in the board aspect of it, but some of the fundraising aspects I've stayed involved in. But I remember it was a very small group, and it was kind of we met over in a, a dingy, con you know, one of those conference rooms. And, you know, the idea was always we got these awards coming in, but we need to have the money to pay the awards. And it was about golf tournaments and all these kinds of things. And then I I think it really was Mike that partnered with Shredit and that company and doing these Shredathons, which I find to be fun. You know, obviously out there on a Saturday morning, working hard, but raising money for Crime Stoppers and helping people prevent being victims of identity theft. So for the DA, that's a win-win. Right. You know, people are coming there and helping prevent themselves being victims of, of a crime that we prosecute all the time. And they're, they're, they can give something. They can give nothing. We hope they give something. Uh, but when they give something, that money goes to solving crimes through Crime Stoppers. And just so people are clear, a shred-a-thon is you just come and bring all your paper that you want shredded, right? Well, we try to limit it a little <laughs> bit because there are some people that take advantage. They bring entire trucks full of their law office or whatever, but we limit it to the number of bags. Uh, but the kind of things that, that, that we want brought are, you know, ch canceled checks, uh, anything that has social security number on it, anything that has personal information that you need shredded. Uh, but you would be very interested to see some of the things that have been brought over the course of the years yes. we've been doing it. A lot of ex-husband stuff. 
<laughs> and all, that's a big fundraiser. All that money goes back into. Yeah, you know, this is our eighth year. We've raised over half a million dollars mm -hmm. with the help of Shreddit and a big help from Shreddit, and also Nine News has been a wonderful media partner for us over the years. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't have done it with those without those partners, but we couldn't have done it with all of our, our volunteers and, mm -hmm. and board. And so it's a major undertaking. We have about 400 volunteers just for that day. Wow. And Mitch, you've been involved with Crime yeah. Stoppers and Shreddit for quite some Well, time. I've been on the board for about 12 years, I think. The Shreddit thing, you know, I'm not a golfer, so that didn't interest me, and it really wasn't raising a lot of money. But when they did the Shreddit thing, it was like, you got me on this one. And so I would be out there, rain or shine, and mostly, mostly shine, I'd say. <laughs> uh, just throwing those boxes into those shredded trucks. And you know, Mike says Shreddit's been a great partner, and they really have. You know, it was interesting, Channel 9, when we started, I think was a little skeptical. And you know, Channel 9 does their uh, health fairs, right. and they have kind of their grade A. I remember when we made it to the grade A level yeah. <laughs> of, of one of their events. Yeah. And it wasn't too long. But, you know, we did a couple, and they were kind of, but boom, it was so popular. The cars line up around Channel 9. <laughs> so what I suggest, because that's where I usually am, is go to the other, one of the other locations that have these big, like up in Jefferson County, a huge parking lot mm -hmm. where it's controlled, and, you know, they can really move a lot of people through empty parking lots. And remember... We're talking about law enforcement there. People are concerned, well, this is my private information. Well, Jerry Whitman used to stand next to me and empty the boxes. So law enforcement is handling the, the volunteers are often cadets, mm -hmm. explorers that want to, that are part of the police program in Denver right. or throughout the community. But law enforcement is there, is there making sure that the stuff's not being taken, that it's being shredded. And we have people that either even stand and watch their stuff get shredded so uh, awesome. based on lack of trust. I, I love it. We're not really talking about shredded, but that's a great program to be a fundraiser for Crime Stoppers. We are talking about Crime Stoppers on this edition of Dialogue Denver DA. We'll be back in just a moment. Life is made of moments. Family. A drunk driver could take it all away. Keep your family safe on the road. Because after all, nothing is more beautiful. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Keep your family safe. Welcome back to Dialogue Denver DA. I'm Tamara Banks. This is part of the program where we talk about a legal term and this time around our legal term is habitual offender and that pretty much speaks for itself. A defendant previously convicted uh, two or more times of a class one, two or three felony. So Mitch, I imagine um, this offender is subjected to more severe sentencing because of the 
habitual well we actually have habitual offenders in different areas so we have habitual domestic violence offenders so if you have enough of those you could be charged with a mist with a felony so misdemeanor domestic violence becomes a felony if it's habitual we have a habitual burglar statute so somebody that's committed a number of burglaries now becomes an habitual burglar mm -hmm. so we have those statutes built in place with certain crimes but we have general habitual criminal statutes we have two of them one is for some that has two or more prior felonies and one for three or more and people think all oh, three felonies but you got to understand I have prosecuted people with 11 with 12 we had one individual on one of our cold cases when we arrested him and convicted him after getting away with a murder for 30 years he had 29 felony convictions these are professional criminals, so we treat them differently, mm -hmm. and the state recognizes it. I always kind of think about it as kind of a lifetime achievement award. Mm -hmm. uh, these are people that are going to keep committing crimes. A good burglar will commit 200 to 250 burglaries a year. When you catch him, and it's usually a him, uh, and they have those prior felonies, then we usually say, okay, you plead to the charge now, or we will file the habitual criminal charges on you. And what that does is multiplies the length of time that the judge has to give them, depending on which it is. And the math that's on it, you know, I don't think we need to go into. But it used to carry a life sentence. It no longer does that. But it does multiply the sentence. So somebody looking at a much harsher sentence because we recognize that they are career criminals. Wow. So speaking of catching these habitual um, offenders, getting back to Crime Stoppers, mm -hmm. how has um, Crime Stoppers changed their approach at all over the years, or have they? Well, we have, and we will only pay awards on crimes that we know about. So back in the day, I've been on the board over 20 years. We would go to the, to the Denver Police Building and sit down in the conference room in the chief's office, and there would be judges and, you know, a few police chiefs and a couple community people, and we'd have two or three awards that we'd pay out, $500, and that was the meeting. And they'd have food, and, and you'd go off. And uh, now, for example, yesterday we had an award committee meeting, and uh, we, uh, we were involved in the arrest of 23 different individuals, uh, both men and women. Um, it was 15 cases, but in some cases there were three suspects, mm -hmm. in some there were two, and then some were one. And uh, we solved 90 different crimes yesterday with our awards, with the tips. And most importantly, and this is the, maybe a segue, but in 1996 there was a murder and we, so we were able to solve a cold case murder, mm -hmm. uh, gang related, and uh, that made us feel so great because what happened was the tipster decided that they needed to clear their conscience and say I knew who did this and it's time for that person to and how Justice long be between the, the crime being committed to the tipster coming forward to the conviction? Uh, now now they'll arrest the person. Mm -hmm. uh, the crime was committed in 1996, 1998, uh -huh. so 18-year-old crime. Um, so 
There is no, I mean, with certain crimes, there's statute of limitations. And uh, I'm sure we've received calls on those. Mm -hmm. But on these murder cases or missing people or what have you, it's nice to know that people, that we're at least reaching people and they know that they can call and do the right thing. Right. That cold uh, case is being filed. So we don't have a conviction on it yet. But it was Crime Stoppers that led the cold case detective to the individual that then, you know, he says, time to say, you know. The one thing about cold cases that people need to understand, a divorce is a real bad thing if you're a murderer and you've told your wife about it, or if you beat her, or, you know, you know if you do something to the witnesses, they will come clean very, sometimes 10, 15, 20 years later. And then the case gets built around that information. Is it consistent? Was there a murder there? Which one is, are they talking about? And build the case around that and see what evidence is there. Sometimes it's DNA, but the example that Mike's bringing up is actually somebody who knew about the crime that contacted Crime Stoppers, and based on that tip, then we were able to police department was able to develop a case that we are that we are filing uh, which is a cold case so we can't tell you the result yet gotcha Mm -hmm. okay well on that note there's got to be a number of success stories that that you you know otherwise crime stoppers wouldn't be I think if you I would say Darren Williams is I think Darren Williams but I think more to, to me having a daughter was the Jessica Ridgeway mm-hmm. case mm-hmm. that it, it captivated it, any adult? I, I get chills thinking about it. Um, and so that, 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 that our parent, viewers who might forget she was um, kidnapped and it t- took multiple agencies to find mm-hmm. her body. She was walking to outside school of, and was abducted mm-hmm. um, by uh, Austin Sig, and um, he then did bad things to her and then finally cut up her body and put her in, uh, under the, the house. And um, it could have been a long time. There, there were leads, but mm-hmm. uh, there was no eyewitness. And um, the right person came forward and gave information and, and contacted us. And the case was solved much more quickly than it would have. And uh, there was some, well, never closure, but at least closure with respect to what happened to her. And uh, I've met the family. The family's amazing, mm-hmm. very strong. But that's one case. The Darren Williams case is another case that high profile. But the ones that strike me are the, the crimes against children, crimes against elderly, mm-hmm. the crimes that people are just taking advantage of people because they think they can and they think they'll never be caught because they don't think these people will talk because they'll hurt them. And in the Ridgeway situation, you know, they had DNA. And they also had another offense that that, uh, Sig had committed against a woman near where the little girl went. And so they, they had that DNA profile and they were doing everything they could do. And so when that Crime Stoppers tip came in, and it was a very good one. It was somebody who knew. And then you get that DNA, and now you have that suspect, and then, boom, you know, the DNA matches. The other case matches that DNA. And now you go from a desperate community who's looking for somebody that would do something this horrible to a child to knowing who that is. And 
We had, for instance, with Brent Brantz, mm -hmm. when we put out his picture, Crime Stoppers helped us. Now, we knew who he was, mm -hmm. but we needed to catch him. And we needed him in custody as quickly as we could get him. And Crime Stoppers helped us there. And we went from not knowing who it was at all on a Friday to knowing who it was because of DNA and then getting Crime Stoppers help to put out the word, this is the guy and he's dangerous. By Friday of the next week, we had him in custody with a full confession. So this all comes together and Crime Stoppers is an integral part of that coming together. And sometimes, oftentimes, it's the key mm -hmm. that then, boom, everything falls in place. It's like this big puzzle that has all these pieces. You have some DNA, you have some uh, this, that, and the other, but the, the witness or somebody that can come forward, some sort of tipster that can really yeah. fit that. Yeah, but the, the interesting point, and I, I always laugh about this, people say, how many crimes have you solved and what's your, you know, what percentage of crime alerts to, well, we don't get the easy crimes. Those right. are already solved. Right. Good so point. so they're, they're sitting going, uh, we think we need help here mm -hmm. uh, and we need the public's help. Mm -hmm. We just happen to be a conduit for that. And so we yeah. would like 10 times the number of cases. We would like crime alerts out every day. Right. Right. The smallest crimes, there was one of the, my favorite crimes was a crime that occurred in Cherry Creek at Fascination Street. Mm -hmm. And uh, Aaron Lapidus is the owner. His father used to be on the board of Crime Stoppers. <laughs> and uh, so I get a call from, from a detective uh, and uh, down at District 6, and I, I would go down and I was talking, and he goes, This is going to sound crazy, but we had a stolen piece of art from Fascination Street in Cherry Creek. Person walked in, of course, their cameras weren't working that day. Oh, Spy the door, they grabbed it, hopped in a four door sedan this color, and uh, do you think you guys can help us? Do you have a picture of it? Sure. That went on the air at four o'clock. So this is 10 o'clock in the morning. By 4 o'clock, it goes out. By 4.10, they said, oh, I know where that is. This person has it. She lives here. Oh, goodness. They go in. They recover the piece and make two additional arrests for drugs. So in 10 minutes, they knew who it was. Mm. By probably 5 o'clock, they were saying, all right, another case solved by a tipster. But they thought, oh, it's too small. Crime Stoppers doesn't want right, to be and get involved. Right. We said, perfect. Yeah, and it was not an inexpensive piece of art, if I remember correctly. Yeah. We were talking felony level, and oh we were talking an expensive piece of art. So it was good to was get it solved mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. it fell into that kind of un, you know, the, yeah, into the, the people that fence that things and sell yeah. things and all of that. So it was critical. We just have about 30 seconds left. Again, people may not realize this is, you operate from um, donations. We right? do. So how, how can people... Let me do this, Mike, because okay. your organization, <laughs> Crime you. Stoppers, it makes a difference in our community. So you can go online and you can donate to Crime Stoppers, and you should do that because you will help keep our community safe. And who knows? You know, you never know if it's going to be a family member or you're going to be the next person. So it's important to support Crime Stoppers, but also get out there, find out when the shredathons are, when the different fundraisers are. There's one coming up at the end of the month. Go out there, take advantage, 
take care of the things that have your information, it may be your computer, it may be paperwork at a shred-a-thon, but support Crime Stoppers. It makes a difference not only in Denver, but throughout the entire metropolitan area. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Mike, Hammer. yeah, thank you so much for all your hard work and all the great stuff that Crime Stoppers is doing. Thank you so much. The community much. appreciates it. Thanks again to Michael Mills with Metro Denver Crime Stoppers for joining us on this edition of Dialogue Denver DA. I'm Tamara Banks. We'll see you next time.